welcome to onthewakeupradio.com. Uh, sign up for otwtube.com. This is the She Temple of Cosmology. 2 p.m. every Sunday. This is titled Islam's True Birth Record. Dr. Palatoon, welcome. Thank you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Peace and infinite blessings, family. Welcome to another episode of She Temple of Cosmology. For those that have joined us here before, welcome back. And for those of you that this is your first time, welcome to She Temple of Cosmology. I would like to take this time to express gratitude for everyone in attendance today. She Temple of Cosmology is presented by Palatun Shiamaru Estate, an indigenous psychology and tribal education firm. My name is Halam Shiamaru, and it is my pleasure to welcome each and one, every one of you. We ask that you come with an open heart and mind and a desire to evolve. Power Tune Shiamaru Estates and the Indigenous Psychology Tribal Education Firm offers a unique perspective on mental, emotional, and spiritual destiny of Indigenous peoples. Specializing in re-education of the misnomered American Indian and to our traditions and culture. Indigenous psychology is the only study that properly identifies the mind. Dr. Power Tune, Shiamaru, MHD, is a graduate of Aboriginal University, the Department of Indigenous Psychology. He's also a graduate of the Hypnosist Motivational Institute and is a board-certified hypnotist. He is also a member of various prominent fraternal organizations, but just to name a few, the Freemasons of Northern uh, Masonic Jurisdiction and a 32nd degree Scottish Rite member. But more importantly, Dr. Palatoon is a man of integrity, who makes spirituality a lifestyle, a man who's committed to healing the lives of indigenous peoples. So family, without any further ado, I would like to present to some and introduce the others, Dr. Powhatan Shiamaru. Peace and blessings, everyone. I pray everyone is well. Uh, I want to thank Sister Cindy for hosting the show and promoting the show. And uh, my chief of staff, Brother Halam, for a wonderful introduction today. Welcome to the Sheet Temple of Cosmology. Uh, coming to you live this morning from atop Hawk Mountain here in beautiful uh, Susquehannock, Pennsylvania. And uh, the view is absolutely amazing. Uh, we're a little bit out of breath. <laughs> we're about uh, a few more feet from the summit. And we're going to take a break here and have a conversation a little bit today about the true history or the true birth record of Islam. I always start with, first let's start, in the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Most Merciful. All praises are due to Allah who came to us in the person of Master Farad Muhammad. We are eternally grateful for his mercy on us and his wisdom in seeing the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and raising him to guide us and his many, many students across the globe. Today we are here using the blueprint of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad to establish the Aboriginal Republic of North America. I am grateful to my dear brother and chief Amarushi Ali, the Namataga for the Aboriginal Republic of North America. I'm grateful for his wisdom and his research and his study in establishing Aboriginal University, and the many other schools of thought that we have uh, in honor that are allowing us to really uh, create our own independent tribal entity 
tribal government and at the same time create financial independence for our families and bringing us all together and bringing us back to the roots of who we are. I want to talk a little bit about Islam because the misconceptions that we have about Islam in its origin, that Islam came from Arabia some 1400 years ago with the birth of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. All of the history that we've had to date came through the hands of other people. It did not come through the hands of those of us who uh, truly are descendants of the Saracens, descendants of those who carry the six-point star which was a symbol of East, Ashford, East, East African Tohido uh, spiritual system. I want to start with some statements from uh, our illustrious Dr. Ali Muhammad, and I'll begin with this statement. Muhammad is said to have been in an elevated part of the horizon when he first met a great and powerful teacher who came to reveal the Quran to him. Ancient texts used the title Jibril for this figure. The Quran is clear in Surah Al-An'am that the Malikat are men. Malikat means angels, but it's clear here that it represents men. This man, in Arab tradition, is said to have uh, commenced revelation in a mountain called Hira. You know, and it's, it's beautiful because we are literally sitting on a mountain right now. Investigated, investigation proves Hira was a city, not a mountain, that is today situated in Iraq. The only mountain mentioned by name in the Quran is Mount Sinai. And we find that in Surah Al Tin the fig in the 95th verse uh, in the 95th surah uh, ayah 2 the Sinai was the home of the Saracens whom the Byzantine Romans detested and whom later took the attributes of Muslims in the surah called the mountain our tour where a revelation is commenced the Quran is said to be a book written in Tabing Masturin. Verse 2 on Raquin Masturin. This term has been translated as unfolded venom. By most scholars, yet history proves that the first Qurans were written on papyrus as the source of material for writing Qurans during the Umayyad period, before which we have no Quran. The Umiyakalis, Abdul Al Malik, the Muhammad, provided the world first with first epigraphical and written Quran. The first, these Qurans were written on papyrus. The word Raquin Masharun should be retranslated. Dr. Ali translates these words. Masharun comes from the root Nashara, Nashara which is defined in Hanswir Dictionary of, of Modern Arabic as the 
as to publish, make known, or to see. Mashurin here then means to witness a work on Raquin, which we take the position means papyri. Papyri are the original source of writing Quran, and this plant did not grow anywhere in Arabia. It grew in the same location that authentic history tells us the Muslims originated in Nihilistic Sudan. Now, I wanted to make this history because it's important to know as we uh, move into what is called Indigenous Ramadan next month, and as we move into our celebration of Ramadan, many would say Ramadan is, uh, is celebrated on a lunar calendar. But in honor, we celebrate Ramadan based on the Quran and its sighting of a, star, of a setting star called Sirius. And Sirius was set in December, as it always does, during the winter solstice. So we uh, begin our fasting on the 1st of December, and we take the fast of Ramadan, as taught by the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad, during this I'm, 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 I'm sacred month. That's the correct word. During this sacred month. We got to get away from terms like holy and uh, purified and terms that make us think that things are unattainable. We got to begin to, to, to get ourselves away from that kind of thinking. Righteous. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad wanted us to be righteous. He never said we'd be holy. But to be right, we can achieve that. You know, if we work together. Just like coming up this mountain today, we had to share energy. We had to encourage each other. We had to have some patience with each other. And we're still not at the top. So <laughs> there's much to, to conquer in our, in our sojourn. But here today, as we uh, walk this trail of our ancestors and we're looking here down at the Susquehanna River, and we know that this is Aboriginal land that we're standing on, we're standing in the very place that our ancestors stood. We're feeling the soil that they stood on. You can see the rocks that they put in place. Their steps almost look like coming up the mountain. And these steps, you know, like I know, uh, were not laid by the colonizers. These steps were laid by our ancestors. When we look up in the night sky tonight, if you would have time, and you chart the stars, you're looking at the same constellation that our ancestors saw from this position. See? We can read our history as the messenger taught us 25,000 years in advance by using the calendar. Looking at the earth. Studying the seasons. Understanding who we are. I really want to go heavy into the subject, but uh given the location that I am and uh, I want you all to be a little patient with me. The tribe is coming down to sit with us so give me a minute as we chat. I want to start by saying this. I want to go into this point with us. These holy books that you have Bible, Quran, Bahá'u'lláh, Gita, whatever holy book that you have we got to begin to see these as textbooks as books of instruction that you can go in and study and pull out resources for yourself, pull out knowledge for yourself 
stop holding these books in such a reverence that you feel they're untouchable, that you can't uh, hold it in your hand, that you can't read it, you can't handle it. I have listed in my hand the surahs or the degrees or chapters of the book called Quran, as originally revealed to Muhammad, the real Muhammad, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And we were taught in Islam, as we look at its nature, because that's what we're talking about, nature. Here we are out in nature, right? Right, so while we're out in nature, when we talk about nature, what is Islam? This rock is Islam. See, this piece of stone is Islam. This, this soil is Islam. Because everything that you see around you is submitting to the will of the divine. It's growing, it's existing within its nature. It's being a rock. See? This rock is being a rock. It is not attempting to be a chicken. It can't be a chicken. It's always going to be a rock. Right? So, you and I must not attempt to be other than who we are. Because it's outside of our nature. And when we begin to work outside of our nature, you can't extract from yourself the better qualities of yourself. You can't be who you are attempting to be somebody else. That's an impossibility. I mean, that's un-Islamic. That's unmathematical. And when I say the word Islam, I'm speaking of mathematics. We have to eradicate this idea of long beards and turbans. We're talking about the nature of us. The master taught us that Islam is mathematics and mathematics is Islam. And it stands true that it can be proven in no limit of time. It's not about moon worship. It's not about, you know, uh, going to Mecca. If that is Mecca. You see? We don't know what is what, where is where. Up from down. Only thing we know is what we've been told from translation. And even in my study of that, listen. Every surah in the Quran is not in its proper place. That's one example. Surah 1, originally revealed as Surah 5. Surah 2, originally revealed as Surah 87. Surah 4 and 3, 89, 92. And we can go all down the list. There's none that matches one from one because the way it was put together the way it was compiled and the people that compiled it didn't know the sequence. But the sequence was revealed by one of our great scholars, Rashad Khalifa, who applied to the Quran the, the mathematical miracle of the 19 code. And when he did that, he was able to begin to open up the secrets of the book, the inner secrets of the book, and how to really live it on a daily life, in a daily premises. You know, day to day. With the advent of our beautiful and beloved chief, uh, Dr. Ali Muhammad, and his wonderful research, we found that Ramadan is to be uh, practiced and uh, witnessed in the month of December with the, with the setting of the star Sirius. This is important, that we begin to study the sequence of the stars, how they move how they operate in our life. You can go online and look at Dr. Ali's lectures and you'll hear the, tech, the technicalities of what I speak. <laughs> but what about the spiritual essence of this? Is that you and I got to come to this. 
You got to divorce yourself from that which is holding you in place, holding you back. We keep holding on to things that is not benefiting us. We hold on to people that don't benefit us. We hold on to ideas that don't benefit us. We hold on to religion that don't benefit us. We hold on to governments that don't benefit us. None of this stuff that is benefiting, if it's not benefiting you, if it's not making, making you successful in this life while you're living on this earth right now, what use is it? What use is it? If you don't have autonomy, I don't care what you call yourself, Muslim, Christian, Jewish, Hebrew, I don't care about all these titles, but if you don't have autonomy, you don't have government, if you can't govern your own existence, then what do you really have? I was taught that the word Muslim means one who submits his will to do the will of God. But in a further research, none of Elijah Muhammad said, it is the nature of you. The nature of you. In Kemet, the word mu means being. Mu, the prefix mu means being. And salam comes from the root word salam means peace. A being at peace. That's how I view myself. And that's how I state what I am. It's important for you and I to begin to state what we are. What is your nationality? The Aboriginal Republic of North America. That's my nationality. That's who you are. When you came into honor, that's your government. The Aboriginal Republic of North America. That's, it, it flows off your tongue that way. Oh, you could just say honor. What's my government? What is my, what, what is my, uh, what is my faith? What do you guys believe in? The universe? <laughs> the cosmos? Cosmology is the study of the cosmos. See, it's the science of the cosmos. It's, it's cards, which we use to symbolize the energy of the cosmos. So when I look at everybody's cards and we begin to look at your cards and we study the cards, what we're really studying is your energetic potential on this orb and how this Earth's magnetic field relates to you and I and how we utilize this energy to relate to each other. The card is just a symbol. The substance is what we're looking for. You see? But you have to know how to explain that, national. You have to know how to express yourself to everybody we come in contact with. We have to be knowledgeable about what we say we believe in. Somebody say to you, oh, brother uh, or sister, uh, over there in honor, are y'all Muslim? Then what do you say? Uh, no, uh, yes, uh, I don't know what we are. We're indigenous. Where the aboriginal people exist on this planet? Everywhere. Not just in the hills of North America. We exist in 196,940,000 square miles. That means every aboriginal culture that's on this planet, we are connected to. We have the right to Islam because it is from the Saracens, the aboriginal people, who we descend from, which many of them, at least 400,000 came here in the holy ship. Right? So we know that. At the minimum, 400,000 came, not 100 million, 
but 400,000 came. And we acknowledge those 400,000. And even before that, even before there was a, 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 a European or colonizer that came to the shore, we had international trade and commerce with our brothers in West uh, Kibbalan. You see? And we were guided by the stars. Islam. All right, family, I'm sorry. I'm going to continue on. My sister Cindy, you want to go on and do a commercial? We take a quick commercial break. Welcome to On the Wake Up Radio. You're listening to She Temple of Cosmology. This is titled Islam True Birth Record with Dr. Powhatoon Shiamaru. Sign up for otwtube.com. Uncensored free speech. Thank you. Check out Acts the Jurist. Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's right. Ask the Jurist. Sundays on OnTheWakeUpRadio.com. Check out replays on OTWTube.com. That's O-T-W-T-U-B-E.com. Have a great day. Yes, continue. Oh, <laughs> but like you know, like that part, like when once you finally start breaking through the dirt, like if you like dirt is heavy, you know, like grass is really thin and, and frail, right? So when you really think about it, that's when we're building that resistance, that that life force that we're gonna need to stand tall, to keep fighting, to keep growing, to keep going, right? Right. right. So. And during this whole process, like, we're just like a tree. Like, we have to mm-hmm. plant ourselves like a seed. We have to go into the darkness. True. We have to do the work there. We have to nurture ourselves True. there. We have to water ourselves there so that we can grow. We can build the resilience. Build True. The and while we're doing that, we're also building up the house underground. Trees are stronger underground than they are on top. Mm. They got a lot more going on down there than they got going on up here. So when we finally talk about what people are actually able to see us, the work is actually already done. Right. This You're just getting the That leads me into some wisdom here. And today, he doesn't know I'm going to read this, but I had an essay contest a few months back with all the cosmology students. And honestly, everyone's uh, piece was just brilliant. But one of my chief cosmologists now is Dr. Yogi Olakun. And Dr. Yogi did a piece here that I want to share with you guys. And it relates to nature that we're sitting in, but I wanted to share a piece of his essay because it really resonated really strong with me on the suits. Summer, spade, the oak tree, the wisdom that grows from the labor of its seeding, the truth digger, spade, the same formation as an acorn, the seed that sets fire to the ground, death to bring about new life. Now, when we look at the spade, when you really look at it, it's an acorn. The ancestors designed it as an acorn. So we know that in the acorn, there's its own flesh, its meat, and then the germ of life is in it. So when it falls from the tree, it dies. The connection between the tree 
and the fruit is dead. So it falls to the earth. And when it falls to the earth, eventually the hole comes off, it sinks into the soil, and it begins to gestate in the soil, in the darkness, right? So what happens? The root goes down and begins to get the nutrients. It does what? It accentuates to the soil, right? And as it does that, it takes in carbon, nitrogen, oxygen, four elements in any combination. It takes them all in, and then we have a healthy plant. So my brother writes, seed equals 33. 33 is Celsius, is the boiling point of water. Spade represents the element fire. If a seed, 33, and 33 vertebrates learn from Dr. Powerton Post, the stairway to heaven is the seed we plant that creates our heaven. I'm going to stop right there. The seed that we plant creates our heaven. So we talk about, everybody wants to talk about karma and karma and karma. Karma is a religious concept, right? We had this, you was in um, Atlanta when I spoke on this. But when we talk about cause and effect, Master Farad Muhammad, through his servant, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, taught us that Islam is mathematics, and mathematics is Islam, and it stands true that it can be proven at no limit of time. And it's a mathematical equation from that context. So whatever you plan to have an outcome in your future, you and I need to be planning and working on it now. You need to develop it in the right frame of mind now. As a man thinketh, in the heart so is he, right? But in the same, a thought held in mind produces after its own kind. Everything that is created is created twice. First in thought, then in form. First in thought, then in form. Okay? So if you have it created here, now you can bring it into the reality. Here is the dark womb of space. Here. That's where the seed goes. The seed can be a word from someone else that spoke a good word to you and inspired you to do something. That's a seed. But will it germinate? Will it fall in fertile soil? Hmm? Will it fall in fertile soil? Or is it going to fall on soil that nothing will grow? That the sun won't even strike. So we won't have a beautiful valley like we see here today. We'll be in the desert. See? We were taught in our lessons how much land was useful and how much was unuseful. Right? So knowing that the land is useful, meaning that we can grow food from it. We can, we can extract nutrients from it. Right? It's useful land. But today, in reality, all the land is useful. See? It does not matter who occupies it because their time to occupy it is very limited. You see? As we continue to grow and develop, you'll see. You'll see it unfold in your eyes as we move along. The mathematics of Islam, the mathematics of your reality, you're about to see it unfold. You saw it unfold yesterday at the Travis Scott concert. Oh, you saw your hand yesterday when you continue to inject the people with this poison and you continue to believe that this is okay. But when that 808 hit the bottom yesterday and y'all lost people, you begin to see what is happening. You don't know what you're injecting. You don't know what's going on in your life. Come back to your nature. Come back to your nature. 
Come back to your nature. Wake up. Wake up. Thank you. Any questions? I thought um, that was, uh, we actually just touched on my Travis Scott thing yesterday. I think it was powerful because um, and I, we only actually looked into it after watching the Kanye West interview. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, Kanye West interview was pretty powerful in this time for what it was, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially because he doesn't actually do a lot of interviews, so he mm-hmm. knew that it would be something powerful. He said a lot about five times in the interview. I'm probably dying that it is because he knew that it was that powerful, right? But even um, people like Travis Scott, when they're asking people like Kanye, like make a reference to people like Travis, he doesn't make much reference to him. It's like, and you would think he would, because they're almost like family, right? They're married into the same family, right? But Travis has something, and they talked about how. Um, when the people were getting carried out of the concert, like he was chanting, like he was doing some yeah chant. And when you watch the videos, it is very demonic. And it is like, and when you really start to pay attention to music, you pay attention to the frequency of music, what frequencies they're using. A lot of it is demonic. If you pay attention to even where, uh, um, before they said uh, the devil got kicked out of heaven, before Lucifer got kicked out of heaven, right? What was he in charge of? Music, right? He was in charge of, uh, you know, the orchestra. So with that being said, now we can sit here and we got to be very mindful about the sounds that we're intaking. That's why we've been doing sound healing and things of that nature because it's very important that we understand the frequencies of the sounds that we're receiving. That even like when we do the I go, I may, when we're yelling through the woods, it's important that we can identify each other. Mm -hmm. It is. But it's also just important that we're just not adapting any frequency, that we're just not chanting anything because right. it looks sound cool right. or it looks cool or everybody right. else is doing it right. because right. it is very, it's some very powerful things going on, right. spiritual work that is going on. And while it looks like entertainment to everybody else, it's a circus. Right. Like they're absolutely playing with everybody. So right. we have to be very mindful of that. That's a good point. Let's talk about the music a little bit then because, when you talk about shaitan or Satan, when you look in the Quran, the word shaitan is present, right? So we say in in Quran, which I wanted to get into today, but I'm cold and I, I I'll, I'm going off the cuff now. In Quran, misnomer Arabic, we say Audu bilah means shaitan rajim, right? Audu bilah means I seek refuge, right? I seek refuge, I seek a place of security, of peace, sanctuary, right? Audubilah, minish, minish, min, from, from, right? Shaitan al-Rajim, the accursed shaitan, right? Now, the word itself has been mistranslated, right? So when we look at the translation, of that term, you know, uh, the modern people would say, you just translate it from what the word is in English, and it becomes Satan. But it's not Satan. It does not mean the same as Satan. Shaitan means a, shait means mind, and means two. Comes from the root word, talata. It means dual-mindedness, two minds. 
So really, when you say, you're seeking refuge in, the God, in Allah from being schizophrenic. Wow. Right? We even do that. I just did that. <laughs> from being, Literally, that's crazy. Yeah. Keep going. You're seeking refuge from being two-mindedness. So when you have two minds, you can't focus on one thing. In Arabic, in, in Quran, Dr. Ali is teaching me to use the right terminology. In Quran, we say, Qul huwa Allahu ahad. Qul. There are four surahs in the Quran that begin with this term, Qul. means to proclaim, right? And there are four, we'll get to that later, magical things you can do with those Quls too to protect yourself. Uh, spiritual things. So, when we say, Qul huwa Allahu ahad, Qul means proclaim Allah, Huwa, the primal essence of this universe, is Ahad, is unique. Is unique. See? So that uniqueness is manifesting itself in all of us. Right? Because that the song that we listen to, the Hunabku, the Hunabku is a rela- is in relation to Sagittarius A, which is at the center of this universe. Which everything in this universe is is circumvented. Even the sun. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said the sun only circumvents Allah. And when we look in, in cosmology, the only thing that the sun circumvents in the heavens is that black hole, Sagittarius A. You understand? Where all carbon, energy, radiation, everything that gives life to the whole solar system comes from. I know I say this all the time, but it has to be driven home to get you out of the spookiness. To get us out of this uh, spook worship, you know, the, the angels got wings, and you know, I can't even fathom the spookiness. I'm so far removed from it, but we, I can imagine it's still crazy out here. Hell is under the ground. Yeah, the earth is seven thousand. What? It's nine hundred twenty-six miles in, in in diameter, right? What's half of that diameter? What's half of that? What's seven, half of 7,896 miles is approximately 3,400 miles, right? So if you were telling me 3,000 miles from where we're standing right now is three times hotter than the sun. That's a lie. That's an inaccuracy at best. <laughs> right? So take your mind. And whoever's listening to this and you, and, you, and you still suck out here and you're wondering, I'm hearing some really strange things. And, and the reason I, I want to study and go deep and explain some really deep uh, spirituality, but if you can't get past the small thing, there's no need to give you something so meaty that you can't comprehend. The best thing you can do right now as a people is stop what you're doing and pay attention to your own breath. Listen to it come in and out your body and become centered. Turn off the television. I've been saying that for 30 years. Let me say it again. Turn off the tele-lie vision. It's lying to you and it's programming you. You wondering why you feel the way you feel? You feel that way because you programmed yourself to do that. You turned on that idiot box and you played it. And it just programs you to feel the way you feel. You know? We watch it. We watch the tickety-tops. I like TikTok too. I love the tickety-tops. 
we all we all like it a little bit, but guess what? There's a limitation to everything. You know, I said, and and so we watch it and we watch it in this filter. What we're watching? What are you learning from it? Are you learning anything? Or are you just sticking it out, wasting your time? Time is the most valuable asset that you have. It's the most valuable asset that you have, and that leads back and in my closing to something that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us: how we calculate history. Right. A year for every mile of the planet. Okay. So the planet Earth is 24,896 miles in circumference. So we write history a year for every mile, approximately 25,000 miles in circumference, minus 104, which the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said his teacher, the great master Farad Muhammad, gave him 104 books to study. And I think that equals out that circumference in those 104 books. In fact, Dr. Ali mentioned 104 books this past week in a post and possibly one of the books that was given to the messenger. You all should go and see the post. Anyway, anyway, the deeper we go and understand the orb that we're standing on, the better understanding we'll have for ourselves. If we write history a year for every mile, and we know now we are in this Asiatic calendar and we're in the year 15,107. And how much more time do we have left before the end of the cycle? And what will happen on this planet? And how will we govern what will happen on this planet into the end of the cycle of history? It's time to wake up and realize that we all are here to serve Hela. We're all here to serve each other and to share and to build a beautiful reality for each other. This is why we're up here in this mountain today, feeling the energy. We got the baby up here. No, everybody's feeling good and uh, enjoying the breeze. So we're going we're gonna to open up for a few questions if you want today. You said You said something about the Fed. Sagittarius A. So is that specifically like how the zodiac sign was? So December, would that be? Every December, every December, this Sirius star sets in the winter solstice. Every December. And this is how the Quran teaches us to measure Ramadan, to know when it's coming by the sitting of the star. Sirius, right? It says, by the star when it sets, your companion errs not, nor does he deviate. See? By the star when it sets. That star is mentioned later on in the Quran as Sirius, or the Sirius star system. So when we know Sirius sets in the winter solstice, and you can see it in the night sky, we know that's the time for fasting. We know that's the time for preparing our minds and getting ready for a new year. I have a question from Larry. Peace, beautiful people. Can you all hear me? Yes, sir. How you doing, brother? Peace, brother. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I, I got your I got your invite yesterday. I, I think I texted you last night saying I was asleep, getting ready for work yesterday. Yes, sir. You did. <laughs> okay. Um, you up though? <laughs> yeah, I'm up. I'm up. I'm up now in Chicago. Uh, yes, I'm gonna lay it. I'm gonna lay it down later. I had to set my clock. But uh, peace to all. You mentioned books. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we have some some. Uh, Brilliant scholars here with some fine bookstores and and all kinds of Amazon. If you had to recommend a book, 
or the foundation of whatever it is that we need to learn mm-hmm. as preschoolers, as uh, kindergartners, and whatever it is that we're about to endeavor to. Me being new, about to move forward with Arna, um, you working on my indigenous name, um, everything. If you had to recommend a book, whether we had a book club or not, what would right. that book be? It would be Lost Aboriginal History by Dr. Ali Muhammad. Chief Amaru Namastaga Ali. Okay. I got it. And you can find that on governmentreparations.org. And that will begin your process of learning your history and the history of uh, our people. And uh, it will put you on the track and give you many other avenues to reach out and learn from. That's a good base to start from. That's the best base to start from. I'll say that. Okay. Okay. Outstanding. I got it. Thank you, brother. Yes, sir. Any other questions? Anyone? I know um, I know a lot of people right now, especially there's obviously like a higher level of consciousness and awakening going on in the world um, collectively. Um, what do you feel like would be your main suggestion? Because a lot of times right now, especially, there's a lot of people who are getting downloads and gifts and things are happening to them that they can't understand or they don't even know where to start, right? right? right. Where would you where would you uh, suggest that people start? So, like, today, you know, it's about manifesting me, right? So mm-hmm. Planting the seed of yourself. What, how do you feel like that looks for most people? What do you feel like that process would look like? And what information or advice will we be able to forward to other people or just get to other people now? Or going through those type of transitions? I think, I think that's a good question. That's a great question. I think we need to have, uh, everyone should, listening to me, should get a cosmology assessment. You know, learn where your place is in the cosmos. You know, learn your energetic potentials. Because we're looking at potentiality, you know, based on your birth. We need to look at that. And we need to look deeply into that. And uh, when we do that, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll give us, uh, first of all, it's going to give you a confirmation. Right? You need confirmation of who you are, right? Now, if you're feeling impressions like you feel like there's uh, abilities that you have that are untapped and you're looking to learn how to grow that and be uh, successful with that, then that's a great thing that you feel that. You could be awkward. You could feel like your equilibrium could be off. You could become forgetful. All these things could happen to you. You got to sit down and begin to journal. Write down your thoughts. Assess where you are. Look at your diet. There's a, a ton of things that you need to do. The first thing you need to do is call Dr. Power to Shiyamaru Estate and make a cosmology appointment. That would be the first thing to do. Make a cosmology appointment with Dr. Power and then we can go over your chart and see how you're feeling, see what's going on, and I can give you the proper uh, diagnosis for you as an individual, or for you as an individual, you know, because everyone has a different energy, and we need to find it. And if you already know the cards, you know, it's always the guy, you know, my wife says this all the time, there's always the guy who cuts the grass, cuts everybody's grass, but his grass ain't cut. You know, it's a beautician. Her hair's a wreck, and everybody else's hair is fixed, you know? They they show you what is connecting you. They they are the roadmaps. Some some writers call it the little book, right? This is the prophetic book. 
This is a literal prophetic book. So they show you what connections is going on, what, how uh, the potentials will be in a relationship, depending on which way you utilize the energy. You know, it's not like you pick a card and say it's going to be this, right? There's potentials to everything. There's an oscillating force, masculine, feminine, you know, negative, positive. There's even a neuter energy in the jack, right? That oscillates. So even looking at all those energies, you have to know your particular energy and how it operates and then how to operate with it in order to have success in your life. Okay. And just, um, I know you touched on it like five or five seconds, right? The diet part. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is something that we all talk about all the time um, because we understand the why, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but just to kind of like reinforce why we have to eat a certain type of way again. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, when we talk about planting these seeds and nurturing mm-hmm. the girl, mm-hmm. why is it important that us as Aboriginal and Indigenous people a certain type of way. Okay. That's a great question. That's a, number one is in our plebiscite. Plebiscite. Is the word plebiscite? Plebiscite. Number one is in our plebiscite. So, you know, in order to, in order to build a government, an indigenous government, an established indigenous government, that we have guidelines to follow. Right? And those guidelines is getting back to our original diet. And what did we eat in our original diet? We ate carbon-based foods. Right? right? We ate from the soil. You know, what we did cultivate and grow on our own um, at one point was very limited. We hunted, gathered, and we ultimately began to grow crops. But then there was very specific crops as well. For example, when we go back in history to the Shi people, one of the foods that really began to cause the deterioration of the Shi, the Tupac Shi, was corn. You know? It had a reaction in their bodies, and then when people got sick from it, they kept moving them outward and outward and outward into, yeah, into this city, just got weaker and weaker and weaker. See? So there are many, many reasons why we, we uh, why we have, oh, I'm not reasons, but there are many experiences that we've had with using the wrong foods, right? As we walk through this forest right now, you're going to come across things that are unedible, that are growing, mushrooms, for example. We'll see them growing on the side of the tree. But you'll see them growing on um, a dead leaf. You'll see them. I saw one growing on a grasshopper one day. You know? Yeah, they grow on anything that's dead or in the dark. They don't grow in the sunlight because they're not plants. They're fungi, right? And so they have a reaction to our bodies, and we're very allergic to that type of thing. For example, nitrogen, you know? Nitrogen fixator, there it is. And it gets into the cell when? During what time of night? The circadian rhythm. That's when it seeps into your cell. When your cell opens up to take nutrients in the middle of the night, that's when this stuff seeps into the cell. You begin to break it down. Now you can't get your signals straight. You know what I mean? So you're getting these impressions, and you can't figure out what the impressions are. They ain't hitting your head right. Why? Because something's chemically imbalanced. Everything goes back to a balance. So you have to really pay attention to your diet from morning to night. I mean, really pay attention. Pay attention to your stool. Pay attention to your urine. See what it smells like. See what it looks like. What texture is it? So you know, you're a doctor. And you are the patient constantly. So you have to watch who you eat. Watch how you think. Watch the air that you breathe. Watch what you listen to. All these things are playing a role in your mood. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I reiterate that. When you're teaching someone of the caliber of a child, where, where do when do you start with cosmology? Is this cosmology? Cosmology yeah. with a baby? Like what age right now? In the womb. In the womb. In the womb. So where you do with kids who already kind of just existing, but they could be they could be helped understand what it means. Start teaching them. Start teaching them small things, right? Look, it's 52 cards in a deck, right? You can start teaching them numbers with the cards. You can start teaching them letters with the cards, right? Then each on each card, there's an image that represents something. That face, everything has a purpose on there, right? So just become, begin to teach them. Children learn how to rap whole songs at three years old. You know what I mean? They popping their butts and twerking online at three years old. Why can't they learn cosmology? Definitely can. They can. They can learn anything that we teach them <laughs> if we take the time to teach it to them. But they see mama shake, they're going to shake. They're going to do what their parents see, what their parents do. They see their mother bake, they're going to bake. You see? But like like, like my, my wife, Almina, was just saying, you can't escape all toxins. Even in sound, food, clothing, water, we're in a toxic environment. Right? So, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad told us three days after each month, we should fast. Three days out of each month <laughs> and detox ourselves, right? No food for three days. You know, our fast in the nation at that time were no food at all, right? So for three days, we had water or tea. He would allow tea or coffee, but he didn't allow. Uh, and I know today we don't take coffee, but back then he allowed it. So he allowed it over those three days for us to cleanse our bodies out and cleanse ourselves. Now, uh, next month, as we begin Indigenous Ramadan, there's a document, I'll post it today, that uh, our chief has written for us to follow suit through. And uh, I want everybody to read it, start taking a look at it, and adapting to it. Okay? No, no, not the 21 Detox, the Ramadan piece. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'll shoot it to everybody. There's a Ramadan document in preparation for Ramadan that chief did that we all need to be looking at and studying. And so you want to, hey! <laughs> Finally, after two hours, and then um, we'll we'll study that and move forward. Let me see if we have another question. I, I, I feel like uh, we might, and then I'm going to wrap up for today. We'll get up to the summit. All right, family. I know it was a little bit unorthodox today. Amaru has a question. Which Amaru? Yella, yella. Mm-hmm. That's a service dog. Alright, salam alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Alright, um, so I, I'm, I'm rolling with my sons right now, man, and um, I know a few of them had questions about um, prayer. So, uh, prayer or meditation. And I know uh, I was instructed, um, you know, you're praying at certain points of the sun. So, can you uh, go into that for me? What do you mean? Uh, uh, you mean at certain times of the day? Certain times of the day, correct. Right. Uh, right. Was, uh, sunrise, noon, and uh, sundown. Sunset. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. In the morning, in the morning, it's called uh, Fajr. Salat of Fajr. And the word Salat means a burning fire within yourself. So some say it means prayer, but it's incorrect. So when we deal with Salat of Fajr, we're talking about arising energy, what's up within ourselves and how we can always 
We all right, guys. Everything's good. <laughs> and how we can always <laughs> be safe and in peace by following the cycle of the sun. Now, in Arna, we also have the sun gazing, which is done at the same time of the day. So you would arise in the morning. Is generally before the sunrise. So you're going to get up before the sunrise and you'll cleanse yourself. It's called wudu. So you'll wash your hands and your face, your hands up to the elbows, your face over your feet, and wash over your head. Uh, then uh, you will raise salat, which is a sequence to do that. And um, I can't teach you online, so you'll have to contact me before next month so we can set up a, a class to do that in person. Right now we're looking at an eagle fly over us, a bald eagle up here in the mountains, so we're a little bit distracted. But uh, then at noon, you will follow suit, and then at the sunset, you will follow suit. Now, what I'll do is I'll be happy to uh, go live and show you how to do this uh, personally, and I know you'll get some conflict from some people who will be talking about five daily prayers and everything. But uh, they're more than welcome to reach out to me. They can go to uh, powertoonshiamaru.org it hit me in the email and I'll be more than happy to take time out my busy schedule and, you know, answer those questions for you about this one. For them. Uh, you call me. I've been talking to you this week, brother. I'm a real, so we'll be good. I'm going to go over this with you. Say no more. All right. All right. All right, family, it is three o'clock. We're going to close out with a meditation and uh, be done for today. It is an honor. I'm so happy that everyone came on today and took time out your schedules to listen to us. The group is really growing. We're doing some phenomenal things. I really want you to pay attention as we grow um, here in the Abenaki Region 1. Y'all shout out. Outside Melanated. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we have fun today. So peace and blessings. Uh, let's close out with a, a beautiful meditation with the Kunabhu. I'd like to invite you guys to uh, Wednesday's Sovereign Creed Show, JLE, um, Wednesdays, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to check that out on On the Wake Up Radio. Also, you can follow Jay. He's right there in the uh, audience, and um, that way you can check out his show. I believe uh, UBZ News will be his guest, so that will be awesome. Also, don't forget, uh, Act the Juris. He will be next week. Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's 10 a.m. Uh, PST. So don't forget to check that out. And don't forget this comes on every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The She Temple of Cosmology. Thank you. Flawed individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Dian. Cindy Ashman Productions. How to sign up for OTWT. Type in OTW Tube in your browser. It will bring up the home page. Then you click the little man with the plus sign to open up an account. Use your best email. Select a 
username and then enter a good secure password. Now you're at the home page, click the key to log in to your account using your password with your username. Now search in the search bar for OTW2, which is the page we're going to subscribe to. Click subscribe, click add as friend, as well as click where the videos are. Click on a video to view, like that video, as well as comment and your exercise is done. Thank you for your support.